0: Welcome back to San Halen! Let the tasty licks flow! San Halen featuring Mark Zander on guitar! Brian Hanley on more guitar! Eva, I'm playing guitar! And vocals too! San Halen on Chicago's Home for Rock! I mean sports! ESPN Chicago.
1: Good morning and welcome to ESPN 1000. It's Xander and Hanley. While the freeze out is open, or it's over, I should say, the 10th Avenue freeze out, although I couldn't find a a better way to uh, introduce that. I don't know what 10th Avenue is, but you're a boss fan. You get it. The the freeze out's over.
2: It's 1920 Football Drive is in Halstead. Yeah, yeah,
1: the uh, 1920 Football Drive freeze out is over. Yes, thank you. I'm glad you had that address in your phone.
2: 1060 West Addison, Wrigley Field. Yes,
1: um, yes. Uh Not that, sure
2: what the rate is. 35th and Shields, I know
1: that. Yeah, 35th um, and Shields. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, on the other side of uh 35th Street. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's um, it's about time. They uh, seemingly forced his hand. I mean, I don't know how you read this, but Roquan Smith, in case anybody is not understanding what we're talking about, Roquan Smith is back. He's going to play. That's it. And everything that I've read, it seems like, and again, he doesn't have representation. So I'm, I'm guessing, Brian, it went something like this. They called him in and said, look, we can start finding you. We can start making life really rough for you, and we can also, uh, you know, get you in trouble for having some representative, what saint, whatever his name is, whoever that is, you know, calling around. So there are some things that can be kind of very uncomfortable for you. So I suggest you just put your uniform on and play for us. You're under contract. We'll talk later.
2: Interesting question because I had the same one Um, listening to Roquan yesterday. If you did start day drinking early on a Saturday and then continue in the evening and just a little bit of a fog this morning, uh, Mark just gave you the recap. That that was me.
1: Yeah, that was actually me. I I did a little of that actually.
2: It was was a, a fun day. I mean, the Cubs, wonderful game. Johnny Cueto. The the leader, as you said, the the leader, leader,
1: no doubt, the leader, if anybody ever doubted that, even after what he said to the media, what he he did yesterday, are you kidding me? This guy is, uh, yeah, they call him Picasso. I I mean, seriously, and, and, and to have, I hope the other pitchers realize what they have to witness in front of them, like a Giolito and everything. This guy can teach a lot, I would imagine. I just hope everybody's paying attention.
2: Speaking of Picasso, i got to tell you a quick story. Uh, Up in Lambeau uh, press box, remember Bernie Linscombe, the great columnist for the Tribune? Certainly, certainly. Yeah, Bernie, and I mean, it it was great to be up sitting next next to him in the uh, press box, but throughout the game, he'd try the lines that were going to show up in the uh, column the next day. So you'd see how they worked up there. (laughs) <laughs> phone rings before the game. Uh, it's his office, you know, Sports Desk of Tribune. And I, I answered the phone. And they're like, is Lent's called there? I'm like, yeah, hold on. And I said, Bernie, uh, it's your office. He goes, ask them what they want. I said, he wants to know what you want. We want to know what he's writing today. And this is like an hour and a half before the game. I said, they want to know what you're writing today. And he, there's a pause. He said, that's like asking Picasso what he's going to do before he buys the paint. I said, he doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to repeat that. Yeah, Bernie doesn't know yet. He'll get back to you. Um, Bernie, Bernie
1: was very confident in what he was going to do. Yeah. Well, um, and he earned that confidence. Well earned. You know.
2: Yeah, but but here, so here's the deal. The one question I didn't a, a hear asked, or certainly not answered, from Moquan. We'll hear from Ro, Roquan in a second. Yeah. And when you listen to Roquan he's a, you know he's a happy-go-lucky, positive kid, but you get you get when you hear him that, you know, you got to get representation. You're in over your head. It's one thing to be a, a, you know, go to hell football player and be hopefully going to be among the best in in the league. And that's what he's aspiring to. And And that's what he wants to
1: get paid for.
2: Right. But um, I didn't hear anyone ask if the bears did say, we're going to start finding you if you don't show up to practice today. And I think that's kind of important now maybe it was asked, and no one wrote about it. Or, or but, but I mean, if they were going to start finding, I believe it's forty thousand per mispractice. You know that tab starts clicking pretty quick. You know, adds up pretty quickly. Right. And we talked about yesterday. Ryan polls, Once you do that, once you start issuing fines, uh, any GM, let well, well, alone first year GM, can't really, at the end of the day, say ah, forget about the uh, four hundred thousand in fines. Yeah, yeah don't, don't worry about go. it.
1: We're all good.
2: Yeah, um, because if you're going to use, you try to use the carrot, then you use the stick, and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, we 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 have this leverage, and we're three weeks out from, or a couple weeks, yeah, three weeks out from uh, uh, opening first game regular season, you got to get going now, and if you don't, if you don't, then we're going to start doing what we're allowed to do by rule, and we can find you. There, there was no question about that, or no answer about that. So it's very certain from what we heard from Roquan Smith yesterday that there are no ongoing negotiations and well, let's listen to Roquan Smith because he addressed, uh, you know, he had some more things to say about the whole process and he wasn't happy about it.
3: I would just like to, um, more so show my, um, appreciation to, uh, pretty much everyone involved, uh, from the side, despite, uh, the contract stuff, not going the way, uh, I had planned for it to go, and like to. I know there's going to be a lot of questions about. Um then talk the process and everything like that, and to get on the process, uh, I thought it was it was ve- very distasteful, to say the least. Uh, I seen myself at a, a number, and they see me at a number, and it was, hey, we, we couldn't we couldn't agree. We can agree to disagree, but, hey, I would never accept a bad deal. Like I pretty much said, I would never accept a deal that I don't feel like is worth what I'm worth. It was just more so when not coming into an agreement when I feel like I've busted my ass so long here, you know, and not being rewarded um, was something I thought I was – Rightfully, rightfully deserves. My number, and their number was not the same, and that's that's pretty much all I can say on that. I'm moving moving past it now, and I'm focused on the season and going out there and enjoying the time with my guys, because that's who I you know truly care about. Are
0: you planning to play out the final year of
3: your deal? Uh, that's correct. Betting on myself. Uh, yeah, it was it was very emotional for me because normally I don't I tend to not voice my uh, opinion as much, but I thought it was time for me to do that and. There, there there was a lot of different things going on out there a lot of different speculation speculating and like things of that nature and I just wanted the fans to know and the great city of Chicago to know like what was really going on since no one really knew and a lot of people was kind of caught in the blind so I just wanted that to be known. Uh, it, I wasn't really looking for any type of an effect. I was just more so just expressing the way I felt and how I, like the way I felt about the situation and what I thought was best for me and my my future.
1: Very distasteful. Uh, that's an interesting choice of words, Brian. Yeah, and that last part there, uh, he was responding to
2: why he went public with the trade demand and asking George McCaskey to step in and saying that he was being disrespected. And uh, distasteful does not give you the positive vibe that they can get something done. And he went on to say the talks didn't get too far. It didn't end in the way that I wanted them to end. So in his world, they are ended. There's nothing more to talk about. Now here's what the Bears and Roquan Smith still have. He said he's going to play out his contract, nine point seven million dollars this year, mm-hmm. and he thinks he'll be a uh, unrestricted free agent at the end of the season, which is one possibility. Now the Bears right. can still the Bears can still trade him in season before they get to that point, and try to get whatever they can before allowing him to walk, or they can also tag him for not one, but two seasons following this year. And he said, you know, someone suggested that his salary would be $20 million on a franchise tag next year. And He said, well, that's a nice number, but he wanted five years and a hundred million. He wanted guarantees. He wanted security. And most players, when they get tagged, are not happy about it because right. that, that 20 million looks good for one season. But again, if he were to get hurt or whatever. So our, our Twitter poll today is, which is the most likely result of the Ro- Roquan Smith situation? One, he, uh, he signs an extension with the Bears. Doesn't mm-hmm. sound like that's really a possibility right now. Certainly,
1: Yeah, definitely not right now.
2: Right. Two, the Bears trade him. Three, he does become a free agent and walks, and the Bears have nothing to show for it. Or four, the Bears do, in fact, uh, use the franchise tag on him and keep control over him because he is only 25. And, you know, he's certainly a valuable, valuable player. Matt Iberfluss said he's one of their best players. I think most people believe he is their best player. But there's a resolution yesterday, Mark, but was there really? All we know now is he's... You know, he's very positive. I mean, he gave you the, the he's just going to go out there and be part of the team. And see, and be that's what streaming. we wanted
1: to hear from the beginning. So for us fans, I think the resolution is satisfactory. Look, uh, a lot of people aren't happy at work but it sounds like he is going to do the work. He's going to go and do what he needs to do. He's got to build value for himself for the end of the year if he is going to be become an unrestricted free agent. But one of these options really stands out to me. The Bears are going to franchise tag him. And I think that, uh, you know, I wonder if he considered that because he doesn't have professional representation. You know, he got a bit... Um, you aggressive in this whole thing, right? With the press Absolutely. and what for the trade and everything, that that's not going to leave a that doesn't leave a positive vibe with your employer when you do that. And I'm well, and, and I'm just and- thinking that they're going to say, "Okay, you want to play that way? We're going to offer you what you offer, and we offer you. And if you don't take it, we're going to keep you for a couple years and we'll tell you what we're going to pay you." And good luck.
2: And we, we talked about it uh, last week or the week before about the reports um, that uh, there, it was backloaded contract, the money wasn't guaranteed up front, um, and there were de-escalators. And so there were performance clauses in there, not, not to reward performance. There were de-escalators. So instead of you know having 12 sacks and you get X number of bonus dollars, if you didn't hit eight sacks or whatever, I'm just taking numbers, right? Mm-hmm. There was there was less money in the contract, so it was that you weren't incentivizing play, you were demanding a certain level of play in order to pay him what you said you were going to pay him. Right. So that is an interesting way of going about it. Normally, it's the other way, right? There's mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. if you get you reach a certain level, you're you're an all pro, and he's been a backup all pro for a couple of years. He hasn't been a starter. You know there are there are incentives that if you become uh, a finalist for the MVP or whatever. There's big money in your contract. But the, from the reports I've seen, there were de-escalators. Like, if you don't get to this point, then we don't value you at X. We value you at Y, and Y is less than X. But it doesn't seem like there's any kind of talk going on, or it would be – I mean, it's it sounds like in his world, in Roquan Smith's world, he doesn't anticipate
1: – I mean, he called the take-it-leave-it offers a couple weeks ago, right? So – right this this is where we find ourselves and and what he's saying if we are to take him at his word he's unhappy but he's ready to play and he's going to play and he's going to do what he does and again he has to build value for himself he has to have a good season if he wants to pay off at the end whether it's the bears signing him to an extension or somebody signing him as an unrestricted free agent it just seems like it was an about you know, a quick turn, and I would imagine that's how it went, where there was a meeting where they basically said, look, we've got you in a corner. Put the uniform on and play. You've got a contract to, yeah, you know, serve. Yeah, to, uh, adhere yeah to. you're
2: under contract. When yeah. and, you know, all said and done, there, there is a year left. And we do have a tool to extend that beyond this year. Um, and, and he also knows that if he doesn't play at least six games, then the contract's frozen. And the Bears retained that contract year for next season, and so he had he had to get out there at some point. And why not get out there, I guess, as soon as you can to start putting together some really good tape, and to also maybe put Ryan Pol- Poles in a situation where, if you're having a hell of a season, he has to revisit whatever numbers they had like you said their number yeah. was one thing my number was another thing and there really was not much conversation
1: after that right and and this is where having professional representation might have warned him of all of these pitfalls ahead of him doing what he's done to date and just aggravating the hornet's nest I mean that's kind of what's happened right you just stirred everything up and I say that because I've recently gotten stung here on the ranch so it's <laughs> on my mind Oh wow. I that's oh, those are nasty. Now I will tell you something just re- real quick. Uh you don't know that you've hit a, a wasp ground oh. nest until you go over one with a lawnmower. Oh, and then my. you get them really mad and then they chase you. Oh yeah.
3: As and a kid,
1: yeah, I, I, I got it, I got stung in the forehead and it felt like I got shot by a BB gun.
2: Yeah, I, as a kid, we uh, we were run- my brothers and I and some friends were running along the uh, Sioux Line railroad tracks, and I ran through one of those with with my friend, and my my older brother and his buddy were running behind us, and they got the brunt of the attack because yeah. we were we were gone by the time they they started buzzing, and uh, I believe you know, was it a milk bath. I mean, they had stings all over themselves. It was it was I, was, I mean, I was thankful it
1: wasn't me. But I felt kind of guilty that him. <laughs> Well, you know, hey, uh, you know, every, every, uh, yeah, everybody's got to fight for themselves. And I'm, I'm glad that you were able to escape that. And I'm glad they were able to be okay. Because, you know, that could be deadly for some people who have. Yeah, if they're allergic. The, yeah, you, you know, and the literally out there. Don't,
2: don't yeah. run around the railroad tracks. Okay, so don't Yeah, do that. and there's
1: a good point, Brian. Thank you for that. <laughs> don't run along the railroad tracks. Don't cross back and forth and don't do some of the stupid stuff that I did as a kid, also which I'm not it, going yeah. to even I'm not going to even mention, but Hallis Hall definitely was an angry wasp nest after all of this happened with Roquan. And again, that agent that he didn't hire could have warned him, "Hey, there's a pitfall here and here and here and here." So this is why we have to Go in gently and not upset the apple cart because all these metaphors. Because look what's (laughs) going to happen now. Now they may just franchise tag you out of spite. (laughs) Well, I mean, look, you can't let a guy in his prime walk for nothing who's
2: that valuable and was a first round number, what number eight overall pick and has been a very productive, very elite player. So I, I can't imagine Ryan Poles lets him walk as a free agent at the end of the year it just wouldn't serve this
1: this is exactly right yeah that that would make absolutely no, no sense so they have control over him for this year likely longer whether they sign him or whatever but it sounds like he has resigned to stop talking about the contract stop yeah you know feeling you know that this has been a very distasteful type of process and get down to playing football and as fans that's all we wanted three one two three three one two three three two three seven seven six. he did give you the Friday night lights type quote you know was
2: it Friday night lights it was uh, clear eyes full heart can't lose I think yeah. that was it one yeah. of a great TV series by the way you know revisit that um, he said my full intention is to play this season whatever happens happens whatever it is I have to go through this season I'll do it chin up chest out sunsets no regrets baby so
1: I, I would have loved to hear that from him a few weeks ago. Yeah. Well, yeah. better now than uh, yeah, right? Five games than I've been. Yeah, three one two three three two three seven seven six. We're late for a break. Let's uh, take that. Come back. Take your calls on the Bears. We'll start talking baseball too. We've got some things to talk about, especially on the south side. More coaching drama. We'll talk about that and more here on ESPN One Thousand next.
0: Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN. One Thousand. This is Xander and Hanley on Chicago's home for sports,
4: ESPN Chicago. So obviously, Roquan uh, was out there today, and we were excited, super excited about that with him. Uh, he's uh, did individual today. Um, he's in a ramp up phase uh, to get back to action. Um, all along, he's been conditioning with the strength staff um, on the side. He's been engaged. Uh, he's been he's been uh, in the meetings. You know, thoroughly there, uh, mentally there, um, you know, asking questions in meetings, helping the younger players uh, when he when he's been out, um, you know, so he's been doing all that. He's been he's been a pro that way for sure, um, and he, he's he's doing good there. So now we're just ramping him up to play football. You know, there's a, a process to that, and we're in that process right now. Um, really. Uh, for us, we're not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything about contract stuff as I ha- as I haven't all along. That's between Ryan and Roquan, you know. So you know, I've, I was never in with the contract situations. Uh, every conversation I had with Roquan was always about football. Um, so for me, it's not going to change a bunch. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy he's back. I'm happy he's excited to be back. I'm happy that he's back in the individual. I'm happy that he's you know he's ramping up and getting ready to go. I'm certainly happy for that. You know, he's one of our best players, so. You know, we're excited about that. Well, it's good to hear from Coach Eberflus, but mentally there? Well, I certainly hope
1: so. I'm not sure how he could have really been mentally there with everything going on, with him handling his own negotiations, with him being feeling uh, a great amount of distaste in the process. But, um, you know what, they pay him to play football, and hopefully he can uh, get this ramp-up process Go in and be ready to go to be Roquan Smith, the stud that he is on uh, the first game of the season, Brian. It, yeah, Mark, and it really doesn't sound like there were negotiations. It sounds
2: like they had a meeting, and Brian Pohl said, you know here's a here's a contract we're thinking about yeah and and Roquan had a number in his mind, and it's apparently a high, much higher than than what the Bears were offering. And then it, it it just was crickets. And, and then maybe they eat.
1: snickered. Yeah, they snickered in a little bit, and then a bit of crickets out of hell's Hall.
2: Yeah, and and if he had an agent, uh, I'm sure it would have been different. The agent would have kept pushing for let's talk again. Let's say, hey Ryan, let's go right. have lunch somewhere. Let's uh, let's see if we can uh, you know work on this. How about here's a kind of an innov- innovative wa- way of doing something. How about you, this structure, this contract. You know a guy who's been doing it for a long time as an agent would have different ways to approach it, yep, and maybe yep. would have found some middle ground there
1: right, and would have kept all this i don't know this negative stuff flying around, probably would have kept it you know this is not for something this is not the kind of vibe you want as you're trying to begin a season right um, you know if you have to you have to use that tactic, maybe that's during the off season, but yeah, maybe negotiations is too strong. it was a one way conversation, and now. It uh conversation the other way. And now he's going to be back on the field. We've got Mike and Glenview wants to jump in on ESPN 1000 to talk about Roquan. Mike, good morning.
5: Hello. Can you hear me?
1: Yep. We got you. Oh,
5: terrific. Um, I just want to make a couple of points. Yep. Um, one, the NFL is different than other pro leagues in that they don't have guaranteed contracts for one. And mm. with Belichick style and, and some other, Uh, GMs they would prefer to cut you early rather than late they'd rather cut you a year early um, even when you're highly productive and then the third thing about the NFL is that it's such a physically demanding dangerous sport that it it boggles my mind that you play a game where they don't actually want you to play ever because you're going to get hurt and and the statistics show that NFL players actually don't live very long. And so it's a very dangerous game. And that's from the Ditka era, the current era, who knows what these guys are going to do because they're much bigger, faster, stronger, but that's number one. Number two, Rokon. you guys just said how valuable he is. He was the eighth pick. He's considered top five and he's valuable. And it sounds like he's just asking for money that's in that range, which is not unreasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the uh but but what's changed about the NFL and all pro sports is that the value of all of these numbers both franchises and player contracts are so high what's he paying he's playing for 9.7 this year that's a pretty right. decent paycheck and if yep. they franchise him he gets 20 million so you mentioned security if he gets hurt 20 million is pretty much good security for almost anybody. Else.
1: <laughs> well, well, if you do it right, sure. And there are a lot, a lot of examples of people not doing that right. Oh, absolutely. But,
5: but 20 million is a really good number. Yeah. Um, and, and if you franchise them for two years, that's 40 million. Which that's right. Kind of takes care of it. So it's sort of changed the whole thought process. Now, on the other hand, employers need to pay employees. And if the Bears franchise is worth whatever it is, Paying Roquan to play football is not a crazy, you know, thing. So,
0: yeah. So the whole
5: billion thing is
2: do- just $4 billion for the Bears organization. It's pretty right. good change too. That's a pretty good number too.
5: Oh, absolutely. Which is my point about it's gotten so inflated that this is really much ado about nothing from both sides. Now the owners aren't out there getting CTE and potentially shortening their lives. That's a, that's a whole different question for football yep. versus any yep. other sport. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's it's really stuff about it's talk show that we're talking about, and it and it gets me because I'm listening to you driving in, getting so excited, I want to call in. But but it is a it is a crazy thing that we're so focused on. Roquan is negotiation, and the fairs historically have been very stubborn. And I get it as an owner, you want your employees to kind of do what you want them to do. But Cedric Benson was what, the fourth pick and he wanted oh, money boy. between the oh, third
2: oh I'm getting heart palpitations. Why'd you bring <laughs> up Cedric Benson? Help well, well
5: listen, because his whole tenure in Chicago was tainted it was awful. His
2: initial, his initial
5: negotiation when he was the yeah. fourth pick and wanted money between the third and the fifth. Which yeah. isn't too crazy. But then the media got on it. They they gave him a bad name. He actually had a decent season his first year. He had a thousand yards and then and then the rest of it was, but he but he started off in a terrible foot because the negotiations didn't go well, and you never hear it from players in the NFL because they all know they're one snap away from never playing sure, again. Absolutely, right, and we
2: talked right, about right. that yesterday, Mike. Yeah. I mean, yeah. great call, and thanks for thanks calling. for the call, Mike. Yeah. You're guys. You. Yeah. And, and there, there are you're right. There are not guaranteed contracts except Deshaun Watson. That's fully guaranteed now, and, and I'm sure Tom Brady's <laughs> is too. But um, there is guaranteed money and that that is really the value of the contract i mean when you hear five years and 100 million the the first question the real question is how much of that is guaranteed right, right? is it 60 million 70 million what is it and unfortunately for roquan smith his his position is not valued as a quarterback or a wide receiver as a difference maker That's right? right? As, as yeah. a, a, a big time playmaker now he he makes big time plays and Fortunately, it remains to be seen. But under uh, Matt Eberflus's defensive system, uh, the weak side linebacker should really have an opportunity to shine. It really gives him a lot of opportunity to make big plays. We'll see how that plays out. And 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 right, right. They want to see how that plays out. That's why it's a show me type thing, right? Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus are like, well. We know what you've
1: done, but it wasn't for us and wasn't in our system and and, and under. And Brian, that's why having an agent might have said to him, look, this is a new regime. They don't know you. They're not going to play ball this way. You have to show them. So put your head down, play this year. And for anybody's wondering, you know, and and I'm speaking for myself, but I think I'm speaking for you too, Brian. We want him to get paid what he's worth. Sure. But we don't want him to hold the team hostage. And we certainly are watching this painful process when he doesn't have professional representation. And that's the thing that I'm really taking from this. It's like, dude, get yourself somebody who knows what's going on. I'm thankful that it's seemingly for now over and he's just going to play because I'm tired of this noise. We don't need this. But all of this could have been avoided, I think, had he made the right move and had professional representation. It would have gone a different way.
2: Yeah. I mean, and he said it's a different league and, and players want to know transparency. They want they, they don't. He said from his point of view, he doesn't want that filter of an agent. He wants to know exactly wow. what's going on. But that 3% or 4%, whatever you have to pay the agent. Yeah. And I get it. I'm, you know, that's 3 million bucks, 4 million bucks on a hundred million dollar deal. If you actually played it all out, you got all the money. I mean, you know, Mike said $20 million is a pretty good number. For 99.9% of the world, it is, right? Right, <laughs> one right, It's right. winning the lotto. But for a guy who looks around and sees a couple of his peers who just inked $97, $98 million
1: deals for five years, and he thinks he's every bit as good as they right. are. Well, um, still, $3, $3, $4 million is, is a small price to pay. And by the way, he doesn't want that filter. Well, hire somebody who said, I don't want you to be a filter. I want to know everything's going on. Right, <laughs> so I mean, Roquan is just—I don't know. Uh, you know, we, we pay him to play football. We love him uh, as uh, as a fan base. He he is a bear through and through, and we just want to see him do well this year. And you know what? We'd love to see him if if he earns it. Pay him, pay the man.
2: You know, hey, and, and we'll
1: see how this all plays out.
2: The Bears organization is worth—I uh, think Forbes list puts them in the four billion dollar neighborhood. And when they mm-hmm. get to Arlington Heights and build their own stadium and have every dollar of parking and concessions and naming rights and everything that they don't have with the Chicago Park District you know you're going to be well north of 5 billion within within a blink of an eye so no, doubt. no tag days for for anyone involved here
1: no i don't think so all right let's hit break come back we'll continue the talk there's a uh, you know Roquan Smith is a big uh a big talking point about the Bears, but there's a player that now is hurt that I was super excited to see. Now he's hurt, and they don't really have a time frame about when he's coming back. We'll talk about that. Take your calls at 312-332-3776 here on ESPN 1000.
0: Welcome back to Xander and Hanley on ESPN Chicago.
5: Chicago's home for
2: sports.
1: One two three three two three seven seven six. Xander and Hammond here until ten thirty. Abbreviated show this morning. Um, Ian Rappaport from uh, the NFL Network. He tweeted out that Juwan Brisker recently underwent surgery to repair a thumb injury, and uh, he's actually saying that he could be ready for week number one. There's a real good chance. Other reports are saying there's really no timetable for his return. Uh, Roquan. Obviously a big story, but Brisker, what we saw out of him in that Chiefs game—that was really exciting. And you know, yeah. preseason, preseason aside, gives you something to be excited about. You love his confidence. You love what you saw—the flashes he brought to you uh, against Kansas City in, in the
2: first preseason game. But yeah, it is thumb surgery, right thumb. Um, here's hoping. Uh, that that seems a little optimistic to me. I mean, that he's not going to be able to practice for at least a couple of weeks. So right. He, you know, three days before the opener, could he get out there and do some things, and then they throw him right back in? Um, but you'd rather, you know, you're going to err on the side of caution with your Chico- Jaquan Brisker and make sure that he's good to go because yep. we know this is a uh, a rebuild that's uh, going to be taking a, a few seasons. And when you, there's no need the 40- to rush. No, the, I mean, 48th overall pick. Um, you're excited about what you saw from him. So you want to make sure he's 100% and then some um, ready to go to be here for a, a, you know, a nice long career.
1: Yeah, so once he's back in, looking forward to seeing what Robert Quinn will do for us this year. Terrible first year. Second year, all of a sudden, it's like it, it's as if he woke up. And uh, then there was a, a little drama behind the scenes, but he's playing this year. And then now Roquan being on on the field. That is uh, welcome news as well. Um, we have, let's see, uh, let's hear that audio on Tevin Jenkins and uh, that practice, Jake. Uh, Tevin looks like he is uh, competing for that, uh, the right guard spot, right? And uh, But then again, the talks are that maybe he's still being shopped. We'll
4: see. But uh, let's hear that Coach Eberflus audio. He, he did a good job. in the game. He he played a solid game. You think about that for a second. You know, coming in there for a couple days and then starting in there and then you know and playing. Uh, we were impressed. Uh, he did a nice job. He did a nice job. Now he's got to continue to grow at the position. And uh, he has, like everybody else on the team, he's got a lot to work on. Um, but he had a good first outing in there. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of things that can happen. Like, you know, like we said, we're changing combinations, adjusting combinations. As you have seen over the course of training camp, a lot of things have changed, right? There's a, a lot of adjustment going on. So it's about guys that can sustain the performance, that can sustain execution, and then take that to the first week. So we'll let that play out and see where it is.
1: It was a fair amount of drama surrounding Tevin Jenkins as they uh, started camp. And now it seems like they're giving him a real shot. You know, w- we'll see. We'll see what he makes of it. And we'll see if he's, you know, going to stick with the team. You think they're still uh, shopping him uh, on a trade? I, I, everything we've heard, Brian, there's not going to be much of a return. No, there's right now there's not. And so... Um, to answer your question, now I do think
2: they're going to shop him, but they need to get him out there. Now, you know, let's revisit. Ryan, Ryan Pace drafted him as a starting left tackle right. and seemingly was maybe the only GM in the entire league that envisioned moving him from right tackle, which he played in college, to left tackle and throwing him right in there. And he moved up to get him. And then he had back surgery or a back issue in college. He had back surgery almost immediately here. And so that set him back in, in innumerable ways. Then this regime tried to tr- move him to right tackle, and now he's at right guard. And the next move is you We know, don't get every, if if he doesn't <laughs> live up to anything, then he's just he's out on the street, right? So right, yeah. This is it, this is it. Sc- Make
1: it happen or, or forget about it. Their best case scenarios
2: that he takes the right. Guard starting spot which is again you know not a left tackle you don't value the right guard as like you value a left tackle but um that he shows enough and enough progress that you get taped together and someone around the league is willing to offer you a well, fifth round pick pick a number it's not going to you're not recouping what pace spent on him to to get him in the draft so Adam Schefter yesterday told uh, Peggy and Dion at the uh, ESPN Football Fest, but by all counts was a, a great success, um, that um, he's still hearing and he's still believing that the um, that, that Tevin Jenkins will be moved at some point and they'll get what they can get and move on from that. Because, again, from the previous regime and the initial impression that Poles and, and Iverfus had of them, even though – um, Eve loose is going to say all the positive things about him <clears at> the <throat> microphone. Yeah. Apparently um, they weren't impressed with conditioning, maybe approach IQ. That's whatever, all that trauma at the
1: beginning of the year. Right, right. We were yeah. we were hearing that. And, you know, what <laughs> the Tevin Jenkins project isn't the first thing that they've had to clean up from the previous regime. There's a lot of work to undo some things that were done. Right. So we'll see. And you wish
2: the kid well, because you know, all these things kind of happened to him, not because of him. Now, whether he was told to get in a certain amount of shape, he lo- he said he lost twenty plus pounds. But they they talked about how that offensive line was going to have to be, you know, in in top notch physical shape, and to get your track shoes on and get going. And mm-hmm. maybe you know, maybe he had more than that to lose, but he tried. And um, you know, you never was it. You never get a second chance to make a good first impression. And That's right.
1: Maybe that's the situation. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. When we come back, we've got to talk about the White Sox. Now, yesterday, they did win. They won by a score of 2-zip. Uh, previous night, they had a lead 2-zip, and the bullpen failed, and they lost the game. Yesterday, that didn't happen because of a certain someone named Johnny Picasso, otherwise known as Johnny Cueto. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about a couple of confusing things, again, with the coaching staff. It just never, the drama never ends on the South Side. We'll talk about that and take your calls. 312-332-3776 here on ESPN 1000.
0: Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. This is Sander and Hanley on Chicago's Home for Sports.
1: ESPN Chicago. the home for your Chicago White Sox. First pitch at 11.05 today. Although this morning game here in the Midwest might become an afternoon game because it's raining again as we saw rain yesterday in Cleveland. It was delayed. So we'll see what happens today. But Dylan Cease is set to go against Aaron Savale. We need to see Dylan pitch this game. We need this game. With Dylan on the mound, we have a solid chance as long as that offense responds as it did yesterday. Didn't respond too much. Two runs. But you had Johnny Cueto, Brian, Picasso, Johnny Picasso playing the entire game with the exception of the last batter where uh, Liam Hendricks came in and, and uh, provided the, uh, the end of the game. This Johnny Cueto, like this story just keeps getting better and better. This idea that nobody wanted him. As Jesse said yesterday, nobody wanted him. And Rick Hahn was able to pick him up. And for him to do what he's doing, he's not overpowering anymore. He's not the same guy he used to be when he was younger. And for him to adjust to his age in the game and do what he's doing at this point for the White Sox being a guy that uh, had to, it, he was signed to a minor league contract is, it is the storyline on the south side of the year.
2: He has pitched eight-plus innings in three of his last four starts in August. Um, and, and pitchers back back, don't do that anymore. No, he's only the second pitcher in the majors to do it this season, um, and <laughs> in, in, in back-to-back games as well. So, think about that. You want to go old school? What was it? 113 pitches, and you know, and he want he start the ninth. I was hoping he'd get one more and get out of there, but you know, it was probably the right thing to do to, yeah. to bring in your, your 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 ace closer. Yep, but um. Yeah. I mean, he, he he walks the walk and talks the talk and backs it up when he calls. And, out and he does
1: talk the talk. Right. And he is, as, as I've been saying, I think I actually said it before he came out to the media. But I mean, he is the do as I say and do as I do. I'm the leader. Uh, you know what what that dynamic is like in the clubhouse. We don't know, but we do know that he called, you know, rather, rather bluntly uh, question the team's fire and uh you know as a result tony called a meeting among team leaders and you know whatever you want to take away from that but you know he he shows you what needs to be done on the field and it's just very very inspiring and uh again dylan cease who is the ace of the staff no doubt about that uh he is going to be on the mound today but a couple of things really troubled me again uh we had a situation. It, it it almost seems if it's not Tony, then it might be, I don't know. Let's say Joe McEwing at third base, a <laughs> yeah. no, third base coach. We love Joe. What a personality he is! But I'm watching it like you, and it's like oh, there's boy. no I, way. There's no what they're having him run. There there is no way. And he waved. He waved in Yasmani Grandal. Yep, who had yep. no shot. I mean, he was out
2: by a third of the base path. Right, and. And, and now, and they've just announced uh, a few minutes ago that grandal has been placed on the 10-day IL with a left knee strain. They've selected the contract of catcher Carlos Perez from uh, Charlotte and transferred uh, right-handed pitcher Kyle Crick to the 60-day IL. Um, it's a strain. I'm sure he'll to, undergo uh, uh, MRI or whatever today, right. and, and we'll know more. And, and it probably
1: – look, the 10-day is very, very um, uh, optimistic. I would imagine right. that that might get increased. And, look, and to be honest, we're not going to miss Grondel's bat. Why? Yeah. Because he hasn't done anything. However, yesterday he did get on base with that hit. Joe sent him, and the way he hurt his knee certainly wasn't – it was a freak accident. You try to steer around the catcher's tag, mm. and and he and he just fell awkwardly. You could kind of see his ankle folded out under him, which caused the knee issue. But Joe McEwing had no business sending him. Now I know he's aggressive, an aggressive third base coach, but in no way would anybody in that position <laughs> off the street, if like a little league coach, right? It's like, oh, yeah. we need a third base coach. Go coach. If you know who uh, Grandall is, you're not sending him. I just don't understand that at all. And and, and I will give uh, – I've been very hard on Grandall this year because that bat hasn't done anything for us, not as advertised. However, his defense is better this year. He can call a game. Yes, he can frame a pitch. I don't know to what degree, how great he is. Everybody frames pitches. But he is also <laughs> – to uh, surprise of a lot of people throwing out some uh, base stealers at second this year, which he didn't really last year. They were really taking advantage of him. So we will miss his presence behind the plate, but just another questionable coaching decision that I hope is being discussed today or last night, because it just seems like some of this stuff keeps happening in different shapes and sizes, and there's just no accountability.
2: You know, it was a month or so ago, Mark, that um, we were talking about it at the time, and I've lost count since. I think the White Sox had had thirteen runners thrown out at the plate, which mm-hmm. led the American League, yes. if not all Major League Baseball. And that point, Tony, of course, being Tony of twenty twenty two, he uh, he stood up and protected and praises yes. of McEwing and saying, yep. you know, again, like you said, aggressive that he'll never want to coach the aggressiveness out of. Players or apparently coaches, right? That that was more an, aggra- an aggressive sin. That was a bad decision. Um, right. Fact of, fact of the matter is, um, the White Sox, as, as we sing the praises of Johnny Cueto, and why not? One for seven with runners in scoring position. Right. So. Maybe McKeeling gets, you know, a little desperate that they're not going to find enough runs here the way the offense
1: is. Not but how, how much more desperate can you get sending a grand doll? Oh, I'm with you. I mean, that that it's it's, you know, he's I don't not, know. Could there be a worse, a slower guy? I mean, look, he's no. catchers don't run. He's got knee no. problems. This is not a slag on him. But is there a slower guy in all of Major League Baseball? Probably well, certainly, not. Certainly no slower on the White Sox. I mean, that's just, you know, right. Joe, what are you doing here? And- it, that's exactly right. And, okay, so we mentioned Joe, but I'm going to question Tony. You know, when uh, Grandal was on second base, Engel was on the bench, and Zavala was on the bench. The guy, so- wasn't,
2: there to, the guy wasn't there to yell from the stands, hey, Tony, pinch, <laughs> pinch run Angle.
1: Well, maybe somebody should just have a recording of that gentleman, you know, and just press play <laughs> in the clubhouse. And Tony looks around like, "Oh, he's here again." Okay, yes, let's send out Angle. Let's make his day. Whatever
2: he said, he didn't hear the guy. But make his right. day, tell a, him I But did. tell him,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, well, that that should have been ringing in his ear because Grandall uh, Grondahl should not have been running. I mean, it is just that simple. So Tony who sometimes over-adjusts, and this time he under-adjusts, there, there's a, a situation here that could have been prevented. We, well, we would have had the is, run and could have been prevented because Engel would have scored on that, no problem. Sure, sure. The good news is not only did you beat the
2: division-leading Cleveland team, but the Twins also lost, so he picked up a game there. Still don't like your postseason chances. That's just me. Um, but... Um, It was a good day all the way around. And I have to say, uh, we need to give props to the north side because the Nico and Nick show and uh, Marcus Stroman and Wilson Contreras, I mean, another very entertaining game. And good Lord, magical was everywhere. And and I mean, making defensive plays. Well, that's
1: the guy. That's the guy that we saw on the south side. And I'm glad he's shaping up for you guys because when when that trade was made, Um, And and there are people in the moment, it made sense for the South side. I didn't like losing magical. And then he came to the Cubs and then it just, whatever we thought he was in the South side just seemed to disappear. And I'm glad it's back because he's going to be an asset.
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, this, we'll we'll talk about it on the other side of the break. If these guys in Nico uh, and, um, Nico Horner and Nick Madrigal continue to do what they've been doing up the last month or so. How does Jed Hoyer approach this off season when there oh, was some Correa. talk of
1: you just, you go out and get, you know, a, a big time, uh, yes. you know, le- legit a uh, week shortstop like a Correa yeah. the, the, who's yeah. been the name that's been bantered around for sure.
2: Yeah. And there's a few others. If you, you know, don't want to go to the, uh, top shelf of Correa, you can get, you know, Uh, Swanson or some of these other guys, we'll talk Mm -hmm. about it because it's really been, it's been fun to watch. I mean, the baseball has been much, much better
1: on the North side of late. Brian's almost going to buy uh, a madrigal Jersey. Are you I, almost no, there? No. You know, Tyler Aki sees me walking
2: around Wrigley Field with the rogue jersey, um, then, you know, that know, well, I won't be walking
1: around Wrigley Field this season. I'm sticking to that. So, <laughs> I was going to say, well, next time you do show up there, make sure to wear that Quebec Nordiques jersey you have. <laughs> I have them all, the, yeah. That, um, that, I, I, I that'll get started. attention. That'll get attention. 312 Daniel in Highland Park. will take him on the other side of the break. We're back in two on ESPN 1000.